Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live, and my apologies, a little error there. Instagram is allowing me to stream directly from my PC, and they completely screwed it up. Anyone, welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz. Our guest today operates a very successful YouTube channel narrating some of the most disturbing paranormal stories around. Our guest is Cody Richardson, and his YouTube channel is mystery archives uh, cody thank you for joining us today how are you doing oh man thank you so much i'm uh i'm honored to have such an intro <laughs> uh, i guess i don't i don't think about it like that but man i i really appreciate that uh, my, i'm doing good minus doing that little uh, uh glitch on the other end there but everything went pretty good pretty good so let's get right to it uh like i okay. told you before we went live you are our first ever guest uh, who's basically a YouTuber, and uh, that really says a lot about how much I enjoy your content. So take us back to the beginning. How did you come up with the idea for Mystery Archives? That's a great question. Um, I had the idea for Mystery Archives back in 2017. Um, I didn't really have the know-how or the expertise to be able to make the kind of content that I do now back then. But the concept I, I somewhat developed at that time. And then I I was uh, working a totally different profession for a number of years. And then I actually got furloughed and then laid off from that job during COVID in 2020. Mm -hmm. And um, that's when I started taking content creation seriously. And I just started to learn as I went. And now we're here. Exactly. <laughs> which I never expected to be here. So... <laughs> Now, when I first started my show, Dead Talk Live, I had no idea on how to promote a YouTube channel. Um, I read some of the Google suggestions, but everything was really learned from trial and error. Uh, what did you know about the world of streaming content, YouTube, and everything else when you got started? Also another fantastic question. Uh, so I actually had a YouTube channel polar opposite of what I do now back around 2008 to 2009, where I did sketch comedy and it was called Cody TV. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I had about 40,000 subscribers, uh, which was pretty huge for me at yeah. that time. And uh, this was long before I think they might, they might've first started rolling out the YouTube partner program back then, but that's also when Google purchased YouTube. Mm -hmm. So I got a bunch of DMCA strikes and, there went the channel. So um, I did learn quite a bit during that time. And then uh, I just kind of applied what I had remembered and what I've studied as far as how YouTube has changed as a platform and just as a, a landscape. And it's definitely, if, if I could tell anyone that's getting into YouTube, I would just say persistence and trial and error is the key so for sure. What, or the keys rather. What year did Mystery Archives go live? Uh, I, I believe it was 2020. I've 2020. had the channel since 2017, but I think I uploaded my first actual video, which was over Stoll, Kansas in 2020. Just like me, 2020, during the COVID pandemic, like a lot of people yep. did. Now, Mystery Archive, Archives deals primarily in the world of the paranormal, the telling of some very uh, well-known and not so well-known stories. What would you say your interest is in the paranormal? That's... Man, I can't, I can't give you enough credit. These questions are awesome. Uh, so I've always been fascinated in the paranormal. I think it comes from 
my mom's dad, my grandpa, um, he was very much into that. I used to watch X-Files with him growing up. And uh, as I grew up, after he had passed away, I, I had a few experiences myself that I wasn't able to explain. And basically ever since then, so probably like the age of six or seven, uh, it's just always fascinated me. I think it's the ultimate question as far as what happens, you know, when we die. Exactly. So the question it just piques that, my curiosity. The question, that's why it's so popular on TV and everybody is making a show of it. Now, we got to mention you are approaching 200,000 subscribers and in three years, uh, that is an amazing feat. Congratulations. When did you, you start so much, seeing that this show was really catching on with audiences? So uh, there's someone that I have that is essentially my YouTube mentor. Mm -hmm. He has about, I want to say like a little over 260,000 subscribers now, but he noticed me back when I had about five or 6,000 subscribers and just kind of helped push me to keep going. And uh, I would say I started to notice real growth last November. So really I was basically working two jobs for about give or take three years while I was building the channel. And then all of a sudden one day my video on Helltown just popped off and it just kind of picked up all the rest of them. And uh, I was both surprised and like relieved because I was like, finally, you know, because you have a vision in your mind of what you want your content to be. Yeah and uh hope that it resonates with the audience you're trying to build so to have that be affirmed was was incredible it is incredible and people don't understand how important it is for youtube to feature one of your videos oh my it's god it's so important it is so important and that's why i tell and we tell everybody at the start of our videos hit the like button because google's youtube algorithm put yeah. so much emphasis on that, on that thumbs up button and it uh, really does once a video gets featured thousands of people will start watching it and of course the algorithm caters to what that person is interested in and then exactly. it, it's a snowball that starts from there now for me being a fan of the paranormal what makes me really enjoy your content of course a big thing the voice you have an amazing voice for telling these stories, but the way the story is told, um, does that come naturally for you in telling your uh, stories? I, I think so. Um, I was always big into creative writing in high school, like middle school into high school, a little bit in college. And um, actually I'd say probably 95% of all the scripts that have been featured on the channel I've written. Mm -hmm. um, and with that, sometimes you get stuff wrong. You know, there's only so much information that's available, but uh, other than that, uh, it's just my normal voice. I think I go into a little bit of a presenter mode, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, I obviously try to put some emphasis and entertainment on the story. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just my my normal everyday voice for the most part, I, I would say. And just like any other talent, craft, and it's your job, you are always looking to make it better. You're always looking for ways to improve. 
Uh, some of your stories have been made into Hollywood movies. Uh, when you're writing a show and there is a, a Hollywood movie, The Parent Family with The Conjuring, okay, that's a good example right there, and you're writing mm -hmm. out that show, do you try to block out, for in this example, The Conjuring movie, so you can stay with the facts and try to keep it with what actually happened and not let the movie influence you? Uh, absolutely. So I, I really, that's a great example too, because I really like the Conjuring mm -hmm. film franchise, but as far as compared to what actually took place at the house and the actual story, oh, um, I believe it was with the per Perone family and the Conjuring. I could be wrong because it's just been a it while is, since I focused yeah. on it. Um, but I, I went and I actually sourced that story. I mean, I sourced through a variety of ways, different articles, um, books, if I can get a hold of them, different, you know, videos people have made just to see if I can get the most coherent story possible. But with that one in particular, Andrea Perone, which was one of the, the daughters of the mm -hmm. family actually wrote a series of books. And that's where I took the majority of, of what I put in the video from essentially, okay. I wanted to make it as accurate as I could. That's um, interesting. I, I, I compare them in my head and I might give some feedback towards the end to the audience mm -hmm. be like, you know, the movie's good, but it, it takes a lot of liberties or the movie's really close to the story or what have you. I, I might give my own convictions, but I, I definitely uh, can tell the difference between something being filtered through Hollywood versus the story itself. Oh yeah. Because the true story itself is usually a lot more elaborate. Exactly. And especially when it comes to the Warrens and the conjuring movies, the Warrens were definitely, uh, they were kicked out by the dad. To put it simply, yeah. they were kicked out by the father after the seance. And then, of course, in the movie, they totally had to redo that. And in The Conjuring 2, as far as I can tell, you know, the second Conjuring movie was with the Enfield poltergeist uh, the, you know, over in the uh, United yeah. Kingdom. Uh, the Warrens, I don't think, had really anything to do with that. But so you could see how Hollywood... Um, they, they were involved a little bit. Mm -hmm. um i ha that's actually a case i haven't made a video on yet but i am planning on doing one at some point um so i'll probably have a lot more insight when i uh dig deeper into it but from what i remember they they were somewhat involved but i don't think it was nearly um quite like the movie portrayed yeah and in fact i just found out that in the conjuring 4 they're going to be doing another one of your story i forgot the family's name uh that their house got flooded and they ended up having to move to another house, a duplex with their. Uh, oh, uh, uh, what, what's the, the family's name? Was oh it my the God. Snidecker haunting? Oh, God, no, no, no. The family's name is just me, but it'll come to me. But anyway, moving on. So when you're researching, you mentioned with the Perone family, you try to read books, biographies from the people themselves. What other methods, methods do you use in researching? Uh, I mean, honestly, it all starts with the suggestion. So if I don't come across the case itself, right. And just take my own personal interest in it. I usually have an audience member leave it in the comments. And then mm -hmm. if it piques my interest, you know, I just dive into it, but it, it all starts pretty much with a Google search yeah, to just kind of get a rough idea of what I'm looking into. And then just to, once I can kind of visualize the scope of info that's out there, then I start exploring what all I can again to try and piece together the most coherent story that I can. So I'd say 
Wikipedia pages, interviews, um, books, obviously biographies, really important. Um, if I'm having a really tough time, I might reference a podcast or someone else's video, mm -hmm. but I usually don't do that because I don't want to be accused of something like plagiarism Exactly. because I, I put so much work into this. I would never want to steal someone else's work exactly. you know, and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when I'm watching your shows and I'm listening to you narrate a story, I go to myself, this is very much like writing a novel. Okay, and you mentioned you did creative writing. So is this, you know, storytelling for you uh, the same or not too different than writing a book? Uh, I think it's pretty much the same. Uh, I approach it, I guess, from like a producer standpoint or a directing standpoint, because, I mean, I, I also do all of my own editing mm -hmm. and everything as well. So pretty much I'm building it all from the ground up typically speaking, you know, from the research to the scripting to composing how I want the episode to look, etc. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I would say it's pretty similar to writing a book or, or a short story, you know, something like that. Like a, it's more like episodic, I guess, is what yeah. I was trying to go for when I envisioned it originally. That was going to be my next question. So you do do your own editing. So Starting from concept, idea, to when an episode is ready, take, uh, is ready, taking into consideration the research, the editing that's in it, that's involved, how long does it take you to complete one episode of Mystery Archives? Ooh, man, it, it varies, <laughs> but I would say for a solid 45-minute to an hour episode, I, I usually kind of average between 35 minutes and an hour typically, but it, it can range either from a week to two or three weeks, just depending on what I have to actually research in order to create the script to then get everything else in motion. Um, for example, I, I just put out a video not too long ago over the exorcism of Annalise Michelle yeah. or the Annalise Michelle case. And I read probably the most extensive book that I could find on the topic, um, which is the exorcism of Annalise Michelle by uh i believe it was felicitas d goodman mm -hmm. any and all details you could ever want on that case or in that book yeah. i mean probably too many details but that that took me a good while to read just because it's so thorough and what it presents so it just depends really on on the research and then obviously how long it takes me to piece everything together but i would say on average um between a week and, and two weeks typically longer if it's going to be a longer episode and uh you know that's very important to know because people don't understand the amount of time and effort that goes into putting together a 30 minute video a 45 minute video if a story for you just doesn't have even though it might be fascinating but just may not have enough details to make it to 15 minutes is there a cutoff period like you will not do a video that's under 10 minutes do you have any rules that, you know, if you just do not have enough of a story to fill a 10, 15 minute video, you're just going to put it on the shelf and maybe at a future day you'll tackle it. Yeah. So any uh, comments that I get or suggestions, whether it's in person, online, what have you, I put them all into a list. And basically when I, when I have the free time or when I'm ready to make a new video or start looking into a new case, I'll go and pull from the list itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, I'm trying to figure out a way 
where I can maybe do some shorter stories. They just don't tend to do as well. Exactly. You know, people seem like they want the longer stories. And unfortunately, being a one man show, you know, it takes time to produce that stuff. So and it is a bit of a catch 22. <laughs> and you've come up with a brilliant idea because the demand for new content is so great from the viewers. You have come up with idea with com to combine episode, uh, episodes and you've come up with your marathons. And looking yep. at the viewership on those marathon episodes, they do very well. I've seen a couple of your marathons as well because I don't know if somewhere in there there's a story that I may not have seen. So, mm -hmm. and I find myself, you know, enjoying the stories that I have seen already, maybe catching a new story. Are you personally happy with how your marathon episodes are doing? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with how they've turned out. Initially, um, I didn't actually put it up for some kind of a viewership grab or anything like that. Uh, I put it up to try and expand my reach on the platform so that, you know, cause like, for example, I'm, I'm one of those people when I go to sleep, I usually listen to a documentary or mm -hmm. watch a marathon of episodes of something. So I just kind of put myself in, in the viewer's shoes and was like, you know, maybe if I do some compilations because I have enough content now, you know, compilations of marathon episodes, maybe someone who is the same as me will, will find it and resonate with it. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's been the case. Um, I've done a, a few marathons here and there, and some of my, my main core audience is like, well, we've already seen this a hundred times or what have you. <laughs> and it's like, well, I just want you guys to understand it's because I'm trying to reach new people, yeah. you know, and I'm working hard to get you guys the newer content instead of just giving you rehashed content all the time. Exactly. It's, it's all about trying to make everybody happy as best as you can. Uh, having done so many cases now, have you ever thought about reaching out to people that were involved and maybe bringing them on your show, interview them, kind of like what we're doing now, and talking to yeah. some of them and getting their perspective? So I absolutely have. Um, so I have, and just in my own comment sections over the last, I want to say, year or so, um, I did speak with Andrea Pirone a little bit. Um nice. I feel like there's a few others that are just my memory is not serving me right mm -hmm. now. Uh, but my most recent video actually about the Bill Vale case, um, Bill has been amazing because he hopped into my comments and he's been coming back. It's been up eight days now. Yeah, He's been in the comments all eight days answering pretty much everyone's questions. And he hasn't done a a podcast or an interview, I want to say in, in a long time, he said he would never do another one. And I think he, he told me he was starting to reconsider that. And I would love to host him or anyone else whose stories I've covered. Um, so that way they can add uh, all, any and all details people want to know and, you know, clarify on certain things and correct me for getting stuff wrong. Cause sometimes sure. there's misinformation out there. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm all for just telling the most accurate story possible. Exactly. So I'm definitely open to it. And you definitely want to get to the source because that is as best as they come. And I believe in that story, that's the house that was made into a documentary called Demon House, if I'm not mistaken. I might be mistaken now. The one. Bill Vale case? Yeah, wasn't it? The, was that in Gary, Indiana? Um, I think what you're thinking of, because that's the you're thinking of the Zach Bagans yeah, documentary, yeah, right, for yeah. Demon House. So that was actually the Amons family case. Uh, but I, I did recently do that 
as well in the last like month or so. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that as well. Now, um, basically, YouTube is really grabbing onto this theme of storytelling. Um, and you know, you were in, you've been in it for years now. When you see other channels doing what you do, uh, how do you feel about that? Do you view them as competition? Are you happy? You don't view them as competition. You feel as this genre of storytelling is growing in popularity amongst fan. How do you see it? Uh, again, man, another awesome question. So I think that YouTube and um, just what I would consider the high strangeness paranormal community, I think it's big enough for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not one of those people that views other channels bigger or smaller as competition uh, because I know that they're not going to be able to reproduce the vision I have and vice versa. And I, I think there's enough people, enough space and just enough room really in demand to where everyone can kind of have their own piece of the pie. And uh, yeah, I, I think really the more the merrier uh, in terms of studying these mm-hmm. kinds of subjects because then we're going to learn more and what have you, you know, yeah. I just all around think it's, it's an awesome uh, thing that's happening with how many people are coming out and telling their own stories and covering other stories. It just boosts the reach for the cases. And, you know, maybe we'll learn stuff that we didn't know before. Exactly. And I love listening to other people do it as well and seeing their style, how they approach it, how they tell the story. I think it's fascinating uh, Cody, I want to thank you so much. I can't believe uh, what we've been on for 22 minutes. The time has just flown by. Thank you so much for joining us. Everybody, please go and check out Cody's YouTube channel. It's called Mystery Archives. Especially if you're a fan or you're fascinated with the world of the paranormal. He's got stories that are very popular stories that you may ne- never have heard of. And he gets really, he breaks down the details, gets into these stories, and gives you all the facts. And he does it as best as he can in a chronological order, which is very, very important. I want to thank our viewers, those of you who are going to tune in and watch us. Again, I want to thank Cody Richardson. The YouTube channel, again, is called Mystery Archives. On behalf of Cody and myself, stay safe and stay walking. Thank you, Cody. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate it, man. My pleasure. Bye, everybody.